If it's 6 p.m. on a Thursday, that means it's time for Lehigh Valley Discourse. And we begin with Perspectives by John Pierce. Our engineer this evening is Peter Blair, and I have two guests. They are a married couple, Peter Dent and Kathleen Dent. Peter, how married for how long? We just celebrated our 33rd <laughs> 34th wedding anniversary. See, I asked the man, <laughs> thinking that maybe he's not too sure exactly. But Peter's a, a number guy. He, true. Uh, no, I would have had the same problem, though, to tell you the truth. I would have been like 33 or 34. But 34, hey, that's a yeah, great number. Not so bad. Peter Dent, for education, he has a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering at Lehigh University. So, Peter, we're coming back home to you, huh, to coming over to the WDIY studios. Uh, yeah, just uh, just across the road. Plus, I used to have an office upstairs. You oh, upstairs in this building. Yeah, with CDG Environmental. That's right. I used to see started. you yeah. in the elevator. Pete has a strong worldwide entrepreneurial background with businesses in various in a variety of markets, from semiconductor and research equipment to aerospace to water disinfection, chemicals to figurative sculpture. Oh my goodness. He has business experience in roles comprising strategy development and execution, sales, marketing, engineering, government affairs, government-sponsored energy-related technology development, rare earth element global supply chain issues, operations, intellectual property management, project management, nonprofit, <laughs> and for-profit company leadership. We're not going to get to all of these in the next half hour. Thank goodness. I can no. promise you. Oh, <laughs> the wife says, <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> Pete has extensive nonprofit experience through his work as chairman of the Board of Trustees of the Da Vinci Science Center. Yes, president of the Board of Directors of the Allentown and Greater Valley YMCA's trustee of the Balm School of Art and Leonardo da Vinci's horse, where he was president CEO. Oh, yes, I remember. Mm -hmm. How many years ago, Pete, did they actually get the horse in place? It was 24 years ago. Yes. So most recently, Pete began to volunteer for Kenya Connect. So we're talking about Eastern Africa today. He's just returned from a week in their Wamunyu, Kenya location. His career includes engineering and product management at Air Products and three Air Products spin-off companies. And listen to this, too. Pete is a part-time ski instructor at Bear Creek Mountain Resort and an avid bicyclist, Peter Dent. And his wife, Kathleen, is here also. She's a retired teacher and a community volunteer. And the part I don't like about that, Kathleen, is the retired part, <laughs> because I've seen you in your teaching mode, and you are terrific oh, thank as a you. teacher. Oh. I still get in there every once in a while. Do you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm subbing I'm at preschool, things like that. So much energy with the children. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to see. Thanks, John. So bachelor's degree in economics from Bucknell University, mm -hmm. master's in special education at The Ohio State University. So what would you say to me if I say go blue? Oh, actually, I would say go blue also. <laughs> All right. Or would you say just turn blue? Well, I would say I'm more of a Penn State fan probably than a, than a uh, 
Ohio State Interesting. Fan. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm more of a Pennsylvania person. And it tends to happen that your allegiance tends to go more toward the undergraduate. That's very graduate. true. Yeah. Somebody, a, a professor of mine at the University of Chicago said, you know why we have undergraduate courses? In order to get the alumni to contribute money. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. But it ma- does make sense. Yep. Really? Absolutely. And so, you also go where your kids go. Kathleen is a recently retired she, special education teacher from William Allen High School in the Allentown School District. Her career includes teaching in Radnor, PA, Washington, Ohio, Kutztown, PA, the Swain School, and other schools within ASD. She is the mother of four grown children and competes in aqua bike, a sprint triathlon without the running part, races. Mm-hmm. Kathleen wrote this for me, and I have no idea what this means. <laughs> well, I will say aqua Pete bike. wrote it for me. It's oh. it's uh, so you do usually you do three things, but I have arthritic knees that don't allow me to run anymore, so oh. I just do the biking part and the swimming part. Okay. So despite the arthritic knees, you're just a smiler all the way, <laughs> huh? Uh, she enjoys making art, including mosaics, jewelry, knitted articles, and quilting. She has volunteered extensively with educational and other youth programs at First Presbyterian Church Allentown and was a deacon and a church elder. She began to volunteer for Kenya Connect, having just returned from a week in the Wamunyu Kenyat location. Now, I just said that Pete had just returned from a week. Would it be the same week that you were over there? A good guess. Yep, All absolutely. Right. We were well, there together. It was great. We deal in coincidences here. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's get into the this whole idea of why you had there was a program over in Kenya in the first place. I should probably answer that one because it connects to my best friend. So I learned about, or we learned about Kenya Connect few years ago when my best friend went there with her kids can you connect started as a program about 20 or so years ago as a pen pal program but it's evolved over the last many years and now it's just they're doing so many amazing wonderful things and marcia had made the trip there and then kept talking to us about it and we met up with a group of people last year one of the things kenya connect does in the united states is they have an annual 5k down in Maryland, where they're based in the United States. We've been down for several of the 5Ks and talked to a bunch of people who'd been to Kenya and decided it was time to go, too, and see what was going on in Wamunyu. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Tell, how about the, uh, the organization that you volunteered for? This is, this is a, a national organization in the U.S.? Uh, no, it's, well, it's a formal, Pete, help me here. It's a 501c3 Thank here you. in the... U.S. and in uh, Kenya, they're a registered uh, NGO. We've got three hundred eighty thousand dollar annual budget, funded through grants and uh, contributions, and twenty one employees. Twenty of them in Kenya, and one here in the United States. And one in yes. the U.S. Yes, okay. one person does it all in the United States. So, right. and it, and a huge group of volunteers as well. So. But the people in Kenya, yeah, are working there full time. So it really is based out of there. But it's right. one of the top nonprofits. It's it's consistently has been winning awards lately for top nonprofits here in the United States. So it's really Great a neat program. Yeah, yeah, amazing and program. To introduce our our listeners to it. Yeah. You worked in schools in mm-hmm. Kenya, is that right? Exactly. What yeah. What did you do there? So the plan was when we were over there. 
about three times a year, groups will go over, the woman who runs it, uh, Sharon Rung, she takes groups of people over. And part of the situation in Kenya is that when they became their own independent country back in the 50s, they still kind of kept the the educational plan that had been left them by the British, and it which was very typical even the United States then of, you know, teacher stands in the front, kids all sit in the seats. And sitting in their blazers. Ex- exactly. Sit in your blazers. <laughs> well, and the kids all have uniforms now, though it's a whole different thing. That's a whole other story. But, <laughs> but um, part of it is it's a very old system where there's one right answer and it's the teacher knows the, the answer. The teacher knows the answer and you have to have the right answer. Right. And so one of the things that people do when they go over is we'll take different turns to teach lessons. So for example, Pete and I were teaching in the seventh and eighth grades. And so we did that at, we were supposed to do it at four different schools for various reasons that change, but we did it at three different places. And showing the teachers sometimes, because they might not even realize that there doesn't have to be the right answer, or working kids in small groups, some things that they have just haven't experienced so much. And the big thing to me was that the kids, it was so interesting to watch kids because they don't want to raise their hand and give you a wrong answer. And so at first they're so shy and they hold back so much. And so trying to kind of give them different opportunities to put something out there. So like we were doing some things related to chemistry because that's Pete's thing. And they were testing different acids or bases, which we've all done in probably in middle school at some point. So, so this, these here. are fourth graders? We had actually seventh and eighth graders. Seventh, they have different people would have different age kids, but we were doing acids and bases and, and having them just debate whether something was an acid or base, and they don't want to say it. And we kept trying to show them that, hey, it's science. You don't always have the answer, and it changes. What so, a shock. Yes. So it was great. So that's what all the different people were kind of teamed up. We had, um, what, 14 of us on our team, Pete, yeah. that went over. And so we were all working with different age kids when we were at the schools nice. and just trying to offer different ideas. And now, how. Kathleen, you're used to working with children oh, in yeah. schools. That's your, been your career. But Pete, you not so much. No, I've I usually work with people who have bachelor's degrees as a minimum up through PhDs, and for me, chemistry is my field, so I can easily geek out quite a bit. <laughs> and we did yeah. uh, some uh, tests around water chemistry with uh, measuring pHs, and it's trying to show them that what we call here in the U.S. in manufacturing parlance, you know, reproducibility and repeatability, where Different people can do the exact same experiment the exact same way and come up with different answers, and that's normal. And you have to just deal with it and trying to, again, change their paradigm of thinking that you know they always have to have the right answer or the answer that the other kids nearby them got. And um, As they peek on the paper and of the person next to and, you know, Exactly. And They're so worried that, you know, if creatively. the answer is four and they should be saying five, they're just, yeah, they don't yeah. want to do that. So, yeah, yeah, really trying to teach them that. That's okay. Were these schools what we would call public schools or private schools? It's they're, a hard definition. It's a little different They're there. public schools, but they do have to pay a little bit. They, mm-hmm. And actually, Kenya Connect works with 63 schools within around Wamunyu and Machakos County, which is like a state, we, we would call it here, of 1.4 million. It's about two hours due east of Nairobi. And they do have very modest amounts of money that they have to pay per child. I think it's 100 Kenyan shillings per term, which is about 67 cents U.S. But even that is a challenge for the 
uh, for the families to pay. Wow. And uh, they have some programs th- that they do for the parents so that they can earn some income to pay for their kids' schooling. Right. Such as sewing and some yeah, crafts. Yeah, the one Kathleen group they have is about. called the Lit Moms. And I guess if I can back up for a second. So Kenya Connect is this group that's working with the schools, but within Wamunyu, they have their own several acres of land that they've bought. They've bought land, and they've built a tech center and a library. They now have a borehole, so they have water there, which is amazing. And so they have this one basic kind of hub where they are, but then they also bought a bus several years ago, and they go out to the schools. So it's kind of they have the hub of Kenya Connect in Wamunyu, but they're going out to these schools that often don't have power and don't have running water and all those kinds of things. So we were going out to the schools, but we were also at the center itself. But one of the things they have at the center is they have um, a room. They got some grants to get a bunch of um, sewing machines. And so they're teaching the moms, some of the moms, to come in and they sew, and then they sell the things that they make. So they might be aprons or they might be purses or they might be all, all different kinds of things that they'll do. We actually, Pete and I, when we were there, we were really lucky. We had a shirt and a skirt made. Well, I had the skirt. Pete had the shirt. Um, these beautiful things made, but it kind of helps support the people, and then it helps them to be able to afford to pay it for so their kids the, to go to the, school. And so the women, typically women, would go mm-hmm. to the, the they go center to, yes. to do this work and get mm-hmm. together, and it's socializing for them. Absolutely. And, and they're mm-hmm. also working on literature with them and, and literacy, rather, with them because a lot of the parents you know, don't read and write, so they're working – Right. They're just offering all kinds of real hands-on programs, so and it's really neat. How is the English of the children that you worked with in middle school? Yeah, first language is Kakamba, which is the um, the tribal language of the Kamba tribe, and then Swahili is their second language. English was their third. And when we introduced the idea of the periodic table, uh, we tried to use the analogy of calendars, but you know some of the teachers they didn't understand what a calendar was. Oh, wow. And so I was making a mm-hmm. point of it that they're learning a fourth language, the language of chemistry, yes. and the periodic table is your alphabet. That's a monster. And then yeah, uh, exactly. I remember seeing but that then on I the just, wall. I I wrote up on the board, we wrote up on the board <laughs> H2O, and yeah. what is that in these various languages? And I said any language around the world in chemistry, H2O means water That's or whatever international. it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's language. time for us to take a break. I'm chatting with the dense Pete and Kathleen about East Africa. We continue in just a minute. Hang in there, folks. Do you have vinyl albums, 45s, or CDs on your shelves that are taking up space and gathering dust? Why not donate them for a good cause? WDIY will receive profits from the donation and you can claim a tax deduction. For more information or to arrange for a drop-off or pickup, Call 610-694-8100, extension 3, or visit WDIY.org. Thank you to the members of WDIY for making all the programming you hear possible. Becoming a WDIY member is the best way to support your listening and to ensure WDIY will be here for the next person in our community to discover. Make your membership gift today at 610-694-8100, extension 4, or WDIY.org. We couldn't be here without you. And we're back. John Pierce with you here on WDIY 88.1 FM, WDIY.org, and our engineer, Peter Blair. 
here on Perspectives, talking about the Kenya connection. <laughs> I like I like the name because of the alliteration of the, the k sound. What are some of the key challenges and opportunities for the community that you served in Kenya? Now, the dents were there for a week, and that was your first time doing this. And are you hoping to go back at some point? Some well, I would. Another year? I would love to go back, Pete. As we were there, he kept thinking, "I'd rather take that money instead of me coming back and having somebody like." come from the Da Vinci Science Center or something to connect them because they're one of the things Kenya Connect is really working on is they just their kids are so far behind because they're just so far out in the middle of nowhere and they're doing lots with different types of technology so they're supposed to be like in fourth grade some of the Kenya educational things say they should be coding and doing computer stuff. Well, how do you do that when you've never seen a computer before? So that's one of the big things Kenya Connect does is it's trying to look at what that particular community needs and so working with them. So that's why Pete kept going to Vinci Science Center. They don't, uh, they don't have electricity there that much. 17% of the folks in, uh, in the county there have electricity. And um, you know, water, as we talked about, is a challenge, and sanitation, and language barriers. So, right, they live in very small towns. Would you call them? Or? They're not it's, even really towns. It's, it's a village. Really hard, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. There's really no infrastructure. There are no electrical lines or anything How about like roads? that. About roads. Uh, th- well, there are roads, but um, one of the things we learned: a lot of the kids just to get to their little schools, their little local schools, because like Pete said, there are 63 of them, are walking two and three miles just to get to school every day, let alone to get to the Kenya Connect Center. So some of the kids, what they'll do is they'll do like a field trip, and they'll take the school bus, pick kids up at their school, and bring them back to the center. And some of them, when they arrive at the center, it's the first time they've ever been on paved roads. I mean, this is, it's just so very, very basic. And that's why one of the big pushes is just, you know, where do they most need things? And so one of them is is in STEM. One of the big things we got to experience when we were there that just really blew us away was the Girls and Boys Empowerment Program. Just so happened, we were there right at the end of their school year. Their school year ends at the end of October. And then they're off for November, December, and then they start up again in January. So they were having their graduations. And Girls and Boys Empowerment Program is something that can you connect, put the whole thing together, the staff, talk to the community and talk to different people and they saw a need. They went to four different schools right now, they would like to expand it, where at the primary levels they were having issues of pregnancy, where they were having four or five mm. and six girls in you know seventh, eighth grade pregnant, mm. especially during COVID. And so they looked at that, they talked to the religious leaders in the area, they talked to the parents, they talked to the teachers, and said, what can we do? And they came up with this empowerment program. So we got to participate in the graduations. And so they've set up this program for the fifth graders, starting a little younger. And every week of the school year, once a week, these two young staff people who were amazing were going out and working with the kids at these four different schools. And once a week for eight months. And they got to know each other so well. They had parent components of this. They had teacher components. So that as they were finishing up, these kids were 
kind of performing in their graduation and talking about the things they learned and now the jobs they want to do and how they feel empowered to say, this is my body, you cannot touch me, or this is my friend and we're going to be, you know, all these different things that they choose to do. And it was so powerful to see this. It blew us away, right, Pete? Yeah, with, um, you know, the situation there in uh, in Kenya with girls between the ages, uneducated girls between 10 and 19, 40% of them have had at least two pregnancies. So it's, it's a rampant it's problem. They were going to yeah. do a seventh and eighth grade program, but the staff said that's too late. So they started at, you know, fourth and fifth grade. And uh, and, the, and the good news is, is that where they've done the program, they've had zero pregnancies. In the last two years. They started oh the program God. two years ago, so they went from four and five and even six, I think, down to zero. How dramatic. Okay. And kids who will also come up and say to their to the leaders in this program, they've opened up the lines of communication. They're they're saying kind of to their community we're holding people accountable for taking advantage of our kids because sometimes really sadly it's might be a father or an uncle or a you know someone within their family who's abusing someone I mean, it's it's yeah. horrible to think about but it's there so they have this better communication and they told us the story of one girl who had um talked to her you know to her advisor and she said i told my dad he couldn't touch me and i'm going to live with my grandmother I can't even imagine a fifth grader being able to say that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the kids who went through the program last year loved it so much, they asked if they could be peers to the kids this year. Now, when you say they go through the program, does that yeah. mean after school hours they have something that they do? Is it every day? Is it once it's a week? It's once a week for eight months. Mm -hmm. They're meeting with the yeah. kids. And I honestly don't know if it's – it might be during the school day. I, I think, think it, it pretty much is. But so they'll go to their different four schools. So, you know, they go to one school every Monday and one every Tuesday, etc. And they also made it – it was very important to them to not – what was important to empower the girls – it was also important to empower the boys and say what they need to be responsible for and if they're being taken advantage of in some way. Right. But it was just, you just see this effect of a program that very honestly probably hasn't cost a lot of money to put together and to, I mean, in the world of money, <laughs> right? right? And yet you're just seeing these amazing results. And these kids were just incredible and at this one graduation one of the parents came up to me and she wanted to get her picture taken with me <laughs> I, I you know i'm like but just she was so thankful that her child had gone through this and and yeah. participated in it and like I said they also had a parent component it's just like I said, I can talk about Kenya Connect That's way too long. That's a great story. Yeah, it was amazing. Now you mentioned uh religious leaders. What mm -hmm. are is the religion or are the religions there? Where we were was predominantly Christian, and uh, and they had talked with the clergy there about this, and they were fine with it, you know. And this is not, you know, an abortion. Not, but this is just about controlling access to your body. That's all it's really about, and that just cuts across, you know, every faith. And one of the schools, the lead teacher was a Muslim, but mm -hmm. not that many Muslims. Where we were more Christian than anything else. Quite a few churches there in uh, in this part of uh, Kenya, but overall very poor you know 60% are poverty which is under $2 a day which the UN designates as an income where you're just barely surviving wow what experiences for you all to have uh, be able to go over there and i do like the idea that uh, as Kathleen said 
for another year, you're looking to spread the the experience and have someone else from this country go over and see what it's all about. Yeah, we would love it. Anybody who's asked me about this trip, I just, I keep replying, you just, it it was something I never imagined how amazing it would be. And just getting to know these people and seeing what they were doing and seeing how far a few dollars goes. Yes. You know, just these very basic things. One of the big things they do is the kids can join their library. So they now have I think I read they have like 45,000 books in their library. So we took over tons and tons of books. We had lots of friends and family who supported us before we went over and and bought books. But these kids can get a library card, and then the bus will come out to the different schools because a lot of the kids, like we said, can't actually get to the center itself where the library is. But they have this mobile book library, and Dance in the Run, wonderful bus driver brings the books in, and the kids line up like – this is gold and they're all oh. wearing their lanyards around their neck that show they have their special library card with the kenya connect library they we, grow up basically oh. at home without books yes because the the parents very often are illiterate exactly so this is a really big deal for oh. these children it's so exciting to see because we forget how we go to the Allentown Public Library. We don't think twice about it, right? Or we order a book on Amazon. All these beautiful colors in our books and Uh, whatnot. They're so excited about it. So, Pete, you were talking about uh, STEM and computer capabilities. Do you accept the uh, sticking in a little A there into STEM (laughs) and make it STEAM? Absolutely. Science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics. And... um, they do do some of that there as well, though STEAM isn't as well known as STEM. And the Da Vinci Science Center and others are pushing that, but it's uh, Good. taking some time. But it's very important there, as Kathleen was saying, with the, uh, the kids to have some computer literacy because at some point they have to, I think around eighth grade or so, they have to take a test that will allow them to advance in their education or to the university, and they have to have some proficiency in computers well, these kids that don't have electrical power or, or uh, access to computers would be just completely stranded. So they have a, in, in the uh, bus that they have, they will bring out Chromebooks out to the various schools and do some work with some basics on computers and keyboarding. And then in the center, they have a robotics center and they do some coding mm-hmm. with, with a curriculum that's been developed from MIT. And uh, there's a group, Kent, uh, Team for Tech that has been engaged with them, and Kathleen knows more about them than I do. But Well, Team for Tech has been a great connection for them, giving them, like, some technology support. But also the other program I was going to mention is Raspberry Pi. I'm still learning about this, but they've got a Raspberry Pi grant, which is getting more computers out to the kids. And unfortunately, I'm uh, not well-versed in it at all. They're working throughout the world, Raspberry Pi, in to help disadvantaged kids. Do you have any kids. idea where that name came from? Raspberry Pi? I don't. But I think it's Raspberry <laughs> Pi like P-I. Like oh, Pi is in the number uh, Pi. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> Not as tasty as the other. No, no, definitely not. We've talked about how the Kenya Connect uh, addresses literacy. Any of your teaching concerning better skills in English? Or was it all science that you all did? It just so happened on this trip that everyone chose to do a science-related. They were really encouraging STEM. And they're working on their languages all the time. And it was very interesting just among the different schools we went to, the different levels. Some places there was a lot more English 
and some they were really they needed more translation to help us teach we just weren't there long enough to really work on english i would say the other big push that we had was looking at some of their water systems particularly we went to visit the special school in mumuni which is school for kids who have whatever type of special need you could imagine and so i came from a special needs background but they had about 90 kids and they are living at the school except for vacations when they go home when their school breaks they live at the school so there are, there's a lot more need at that particular school because they still don't have water on property and yet they need to do the wash every day they need to wash the sheets the clothing the cooking all these things that aren't provided at a regular day school and they make decisions every day on how they'll spend the limited money they have whether it's on water whether it's on food and what they'll do with it so that was the other really big thing that we really dealt we're with the, and that we're was coming to the end of our oh, time no. <laughs> believe it or not how quickly it goes but how could uh, any of our listeners who would like to contribute something to Kenya Connect? Look up kenyaconnect.org, K-E-N-Y-A-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.org. There are opportunities there to give money and get involved and uh, support any of the volunteers who might be going over as we were with books and teaching materials that were so valuable. Great organization. I can tell you, having run a nonprofit and been on lots of nonprofit boards, your money goes to the programs and to what's being done. There's no waste and there's no corruption or graft with it at all. Thank you so much, Kathleen and Pete, for joining us here, coming over to the WDIY studios. This evening, I'm John Pierce and grateful to Peter Blair for doing our board work for us tonight. Until we meet again, remember to be gentle with your neighbor. Thank you.